Hey, thanks for tuning in to Cross Defense. This episode is all about power and authority. What's the difference? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. If you're thinking one has to do with Satan's lying, murderous ways and the other is exercised by God, well, then you're on the right track. Are you ready for some more? Good. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of Cross Defense. This is the show where we equip the mind, excite the imagination, and comfort the soul, and we do it all with God's Word. If you're new to the show, I'm your host, Reverend Tyrell Bramwell, the pastor of St. Mark Lutheran Church out here in Ferndale, California, where the golden lampstand that the Lord has placed is still burning bright. That's right, here the word of the gospel goes out. We are not in danger of being snuffed. He who has an ear, let him hear that the word is going forth from St. Mark Lutheran Church. It's wonderful to be with you today. Today on the show, we're comparing the ways of authority and power and how, how that the difference between them plays itself out in the world. But before we get into that, I want to let you know that you can reach me by going to stmarksferndale.com slash contact. That's S-T-M-A-R-K-S, ferndale.com slash contact. With your questions, your comments, your biblical bits of brilliance, whatever you want to send, you can. That's what Angela did, and this is what Angela said. Greetings in Christ. I want to write and thank you for your work on cross-defense. Well, you're very welcome, Angela. Thank you for writing in. It's a blessing to come home from work on Saturdays and find a new episode to listen to each week. It is heartening to see and hear that you and your congregation are standing against the forces that seek to corrupt and sexualize the children and youth in your community. And I pray that God would help you to stand firm and be a beacon of hope and truth. <laughs> Angela, thank you so very much. Your prayers are greatly appreciated. She continues, Here in southern Ontario, Canada, we face a similar battle. In fact, my sister and brother-in-law have pulled their daughter from the local public school to homeschool her in order to protect her and her younger brother. Praise be to God, Angela. Ah, I've heard all kinds about I've heard about all kinds of, of horrible things happening up there in Canada. Um, it, Cross Defense listeners, have any of you heard about this? Uh, the, the Canadian pastor who was uh, arrested for uh, protesting or uh, I don't know exactly the language you want to use, but trying to, to bring God's word, it's not exactly protesting, trying to bring God's word to uh, a drag event at a local library. This is from Fox News. A Canadian pastor was arrested for the second time in weeks after protesting drag queen story time. I'm still not sure protesting is the right language there. For children at public libraries, Pastor Derek Reimer, 36, was arrested and charged Wednesday with one count of breaching a release order that prohibited him from being within 200 meters of events involving the LGBTQ community, a spokesperson for Calgary Police Service told Fox News Digital. There is essentially a restraining order keeping a preacher of the gospel away from the sinners who don't want to hear the gospel. 
He's there trying to protect children, trying to reach people's souls with God's word, call sin a sin. And in Canada, where Angela lives, there is this 200-meter order prohibiting him from even coming close to an LGBTQ event. That's absurd. Reimer had been previously arrested on March 2nd, the article continues, following a February 25th incident during which three men physically tossed him out of Seton Library for protesting a reading with royalty, a reading with royalty, excuse me, event that was put on by the Calgary Public Library and featured local drag performers reading to children. So wait, this man was physically accosted and he's the one who's not allowed to go near the event. Reimer was charged with one count of causing a disturbance and one count of mischief and also faces six counts of harassment under the city's bylaws governing the, the bylaw governing public behavior. Each charge carries a penalty of up to $10,000 and up to six months imprisonment if payment cannot be made, according to Livewire Calgary. <laughs> wow. So the pastor is trying to bring God's word to people, and he's faced with disturbance, mischief, counts of harassment. Uh, my friends, the Western world has lost its Christian identity, if you haven't noticed, and it doesn't even seem to have a memory of the truth of Scripture that we used to have as foundational. Yes, even in Canada, the whole Western world, not just America, has a foundation that that's runs parallel with Christianity and the spread of the gospel throughout Europe and over into this new world. And we can't even seem to remember that. Totalitarianism is running rampant. Back to Angela's comment. I was hoping that at some point in the future, you might talk about ways to oppose another scourge that is prevalent in my country, that of assisted suicide and euthanasia. Since being legalized in 2016, the number of made deaths, the official government abbreviation for medical assistance in dying, that's gross, has risen sharply and is connected to harvesting organs for transplant. Well, follow the money, right? If there's a business to be made, if there's money to be made for transplants. There is no requirement for a terminal diagnosis, only chronic illness or disability, poverty and loneliness, rather than a desire to die. Poverty and loneliness, rather than a desire to die, oh, I got it, are already a major reason why Canadians are applying for assisted suicide. They're applying for assisted suicide. It makes it sound like they're applying for a job. Next year, Canada is set to legalize death by prescribed overdose to those whose sole condition is mental illness, and a parliamentary committee recently advised that assisted suicide also be offered to sick and disabled children with or without parental consent. Wow. We are barreling towards something that strongly resembles Actian T4. That, that's the name of the, the Nazi program, right? The euthanasia program. Yeah, it does sound like that's what you're doing. And some days this culture of death seems overwhelming. Oh dear, yes it does. 
I can't even I just read your email and I'm overwhelmed. Any insight you may have into how the church and individual Christians can stand against this idea that the compassionate thing to do for those who suffer is kill the one who suffers would be appreciated. Yes, so too would be your prayers for my country. In Christ, Angela. Well, Angela, you have requested our prayers. Sister, know this. I will be adding Canada as a country to my daily prayer journal. I keep a little list and I pray for the people on it daily. I will add Canada to that list. And I will also add this situation to St. Mark's congregational prayer list for our prayer of the church each Sunday. So thank you for that. You have our prayers. Hopefully cross-defense listeners will join us in praying for this and bearing this burden. We will bear this cross with you. I don't know if many people out there have thought about this before, but that's what praying is. When we pray for people, we are essentially coming alongside them and saying, I will bear this cross with you. I will help you hold the burden of the cross that you have been given by praying for you, with you, about this thing. So uh, it is our privilege to be of service to you, sister, and to be of service to all those who are undergoing this horrible culture of death, this made death, uh, in our prayers. I'm encouraged by your desire, truly encouraged by your desire to figure out a way that not only the church corporate, but individual Christians can stand against this evil. This is a wonderful thing that you have written. I implore you to continue to do this, to do it as much as you can. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this some thought and some prayer this week and in the days ahead and try to figure out something to, to be able to get back to you with in the near future, okay? So in the meantime, Angela, I want... I want to ask you, I want to ask our brothers and sisters in Christ who are listening to prayerfully consider this as well. How, how can the Christians in Canada, how, how can they stand up against this medically assisted death in their country? So we're going we're gonna to parse out the difference between power and authority today, and hopefully this will be helpful. Perhaps you can, as you're listening through the rest of today's show with this Canadian situation in mind, you'll be able to come up with something. Your mind will be sparked toward certain biblical guidance on how Christians in that kind of a situation can faithfully stand against it. We'll get back to you in the near future. I don't want to answer without prayerful thought. So thank you, Angela. Send your thoughts all of you who are listening to stmarksferndale.com slash contact, that's S-T-M-A-R-K-S, ferndale.com slash contact, and let's uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned, Angela. Stay tuned, everyone, uh, as we give this some prayerful thought and consider what we, can, what we can advise. For the rest of the show, we're talking authority and power, which is related. There is a difference between these two things. As Reverend John Kleinig describes... Power is a limited ability or commodity. A limited ability or commodity. A person has power at the expense of someone else. I must disempower others in order to have power and to keep power for myself. Those who lack, who lack authority, they use power. They revert to power. When people operate with power, the reaction 
to those people is always going to be political. It is going to be an exercise of power. If you operate with power, then you have a constant battle with the other power people in your life. And that's going to lead you down a road to manipulation by the great power monger himself, Satan. You are opening yourself up to be manipulated by him because he is always wanting to take power for himself and he has no problem taking it from you. Operate with power, Reverend Kleinick says, and you are operating on Satan's terms. Authority, on the other hand, authority is an unlimited ability, an unlimited commodity. It's like bottomless fries at Red Robin. It never runs out. Authority is an unlimited ability or commodity. You cannot exercise authority unless you have authority, unless you're under authority. Authority is never taken. Power takes. Authority is given. It's given to you by someone else, someone who has it. You can only receive authority. You have to take power, but you can receive authority. Kleinick says, I exercise authority by authorizing, same root word, right? Authorizing others to act. You don't exercise authority by keeping it to yourself. It's authoring. This is an external outward thing. It's not an internal holding it back thing. The more I give my authority away, the greater my authority is, he says. Authority grows with the delegation of authority to others. So the more you give and you authorize others to act on your behalf, the more authority you have. When authorities speak, people listen. Even if they don't agree, they listen. It makes me think, we have all these people speaking, very polarized culture, no one's listening. <laughs> we are squarely operating according to Satan's terms in our current world, aren't we? Right now, there is a power play happening, dear Christian, in the Western world. It is true. If not throughout the whole world, I, I just don't know about the whole world. It is not an authority play. It is a power play. And that's not just because of the alliteration with the letter P. It is by the nature of what these two things are and their differences. What we are witnessing and experiencing in our daily lives and throughout the Western world, all the things that we see that are upside down and backwards and just mind-boggling and bizarre, they are the result of a power play. Not an authority play. A power play. A power play being carried out, yes, as we talked about last week, by Satan. His manipulation, his manipulative, lying, murderous ways, which disempower people even to the point of taking their lives. Death is the ultimate disempowering, isn't it? 
So Satan is manipulating, disempowering others so that others, his other agents, can then take power for themselves politically. And I don't mean that, you know, in terms of just like, you know, Washington, D.C. or your state capital, although we see a lot of that happening, but politically meaning interacting with, interacting with the populace, the politic, the, the polis, the people. So what am I talking about? All of it. In, in the world, in the culture. Which particular things am I talking about? Everything. The popular term that we like to use or we use because of a lack of a better word is woke. All this wokeism that's going on in our world today, which is ungodly and antithetical to the Bible. The entire thing, all of it, is a power play. It's a Marxist movement that has been rising from the grave. We thought Marxism was dead. It's been rising from the grave for at least the last 80 plus years, if not longer, and is now in our lives, right here, right now, upright and active and doing tremendous, powerful damage to our world. As Karl Marx says in the Communist Manifesto, the communists despise making a secret of their opinions and intentions. They openly declare that their aims can be reached only through the violent overthrow of the whole existing social structure. That's Karl Marx. Stay tuned. You're listening to Cross Defense. We'll be right back for more of this conversation on authority and power. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Put this wisdom of God into practice by listening to Sharper Iron on KFUO. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple, and faithful pastors from around the world help sharpen my faith in Christ every episode. I know you'll be blessed by listening and studying God's Word with us. Listen to Sharper Iron weekdays at 8 a.m. on KFUO and on demand at KFUO.org, the KFUO radio app, and anywhere you get your podcasts. The communists despise making a secret of their opinions and intentions, Karl Marx says. They openly declare that their aims can be reached only through the violent overthrow of the whole existing social structure from the Communist Manifesto. That's the confession, dear saint, of operating on Satan's terms. That's what that is with power rather than on God's terms, rather than from a place of authority, under authority. Marx's colleague, Friedrich Engels, said, without violence and without pitilessness, <laughs> nothing can be obtained in history, which, if that idea sounds familiar, it might be because you're more familiar with the famous saying attributed to Vladimir Lenin, although it's been requoted a thousand times, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. That's the idea. That's the wisdom of power, not the wisdom of authority. Those who lack authority use power. The shooter in Nashville, you follow that? You see that earlier this week? The shooter in Nashville, all the, the, all the evil shooters 
who burst into schools or, or into some public assembly and kill unsuspecting children and bystanders, they are all operating by Satan's power-centric ways. This is the way of the world. Romulus kills Remus and founds the city of Rome. This is the way of the world. Right of might. Cain kills Abel. It's Darwinism enacted in life. Survival of the fittest among humans. It's evil. And it occurs on a spectrum, if you want to think about it that way, like so many other things in our lives. There are variations of this. The murderer who martyred God's people in the Christian school in Nashville, and that's exactly what that was. They are martyrs. The murderer who did that was a power monger, was seeking to take something that she didn't have and wasn't given authority over. And in this case, it was the lives of those people. Open your Bible to John 8 with me. John 8, 46 to 59. If your church happens to be operating according to the historic one-year lectionary, you heard this this past Sunday. I preached on this passage, but not from this angle. So open to John 8, 46 to 59, where we read, Which one of you, Jesus is speaking, which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. The Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I don't have a demon. I don't know if Jesus uses contractions like that. I do not have a demon, (laughs) but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, If anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died? And the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, then I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Do you see the difference between authority and power in this passage? We built up to it to the very end there. Jesus is speaking with authority. And he makes that clear when he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. 
He's saying he is the author of life. He is God. And what do the what do the Jews do? They don't operate from authority, but they pick up stones to throw at him. The Jews are operating on Satan's terms, which is ironic given that they accuse Jesus of having a demon. As Reverend Kleinig rightly says, those who lack authority use power. And so what did the Jews do? They picked up their AR-15s <laughs> and they shot up a school. No, they threw, they threw stones at Jesus. Why do I chuckle at that? Not because shooting is mass shootings are at all funny, but because the irony, maybe the irony is the wrong word, but the ridiculousness, which is the laughter, of trying to outlaw the gun, trying to outlaw the weapon, when the problem is the heart, what are we going to do? And this is where my laughter was. Are we going to outlaw stones? See, this has been the, the outlash, the reaction to the shooter. Man, there's been too many shootings, of course. We've talked about this on the show before. But the problem is not with the weapon. It's not with the tool. If that's the issue, if that's the logic we're going to take, if that's the position we're going to hold, we're going to have to outlaw a bunch of stuff. Because the problem is with man's heart. And whether or not he is operating according to his vocational authority or trying to seize power for himself. That's what's at the core of the shooter and all other things, as we'll talk about in just a minute. And so it's ridiculous to think that when there's a shooting, politicians can swoop in and say, look, look, see, we got to outlaw something. We got to take away freedom. Do you see that, my friend? Do you see that? It's a seizing of power with an opportunity that provides for someone else to seize more power. Rather than people operating with authority and saying, no, 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 no. That's not the right pr procedure. Let's keep within our vocational boundaries and let's deal with this problem as it is. And right now the problem is this country needs Jesus. We need a whole lot of Jesus up in this place. Not the seizure of power. Violence. Seeking after power results in violence. Having authority, operating according to authority, that results in peace. Ultimately, in the peace that surpasses all understanding, Christ. Because authority increases as we give it away. It brings more and more people into and under that authority. It equips people. It empowers people. Not to use, not to confuse it with the word power, but you know what I mean. It quickens people. It enlivens people. It's not self-serving. It's neighbor-focused. It's outwardly focused. This is why Christians serve their neighbor. We're not power people. We're authority people. Turn to the Great Commission, Matthew 28. Go to verse 18. And Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth, all authority has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I have authority and I'm giving it to you guys. Go therefore. 
right? I'm bringing you into this process. I'm authorizing you to go out and work on my behalf. That's not power. That's authority. John 20, 22, 22. <laughs> that's a lot of twos. John 20, 22. And when he had said this, Jesus again, he breathed on them, the disciples again, and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Jesus doesn't keep his authority to himself. That's not what authority does. He gives it to the church. See, Satan keeps power to himself. He's trying to gather it all in. He wants to be powerful. He wants to be like the almighty God, but he can't. God is powerful because God is the author of life with ultimate and true authority. Everything we do, every authority we have is an extension from God's authority. He's exercising it and giving it out. And we author, are authorized to, to use it. Satan is a power monger. I'm so glad Reverend Kleinick called him that. That's, that's a right word for that, for him. God is not the prince of the power of the air. He's the author of life. Our mode of operation, our modus operandi, is completely different from the world's. For we are people, dear saint, under the authority of Christ. Hence, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're called fellow workers. Fellow work. You, you, dear saint, you sinner, have been baptized into Christ, brought into Christ, and now you get to be called a fellow worker with God. That's amazing. And again, in Romans 8, 17, this blesses us, this language, with a description of, of being called a fellow heir with Christ. He is so gracious with his authority. He, he calls us heirs. Christ is the heir, and we're, we're given that co-heirship <laughs> with him. This is how gracious and authoritative our God is in the proper understanding of that word. God having authority is not intimidated to give it to others. He actually gains more by giving it away. He exercises his authority by authorizing us, you, to act in the name of Christ. It's the very nature of the thing. And so we find Christians use the, the authority that we've been given in our vocations to serve our neighbors in truth. And conversely, we find that woke unbelievers are encouraged and encourage others to seize power at all costs through lies and manipulation, murder, by force, by violence, Satan's ways. All of this came to mind this week when the day after the martyrdom of Nashville's Christians, when it was dismissed by a group that calls themselves Trans Resistance Network. Tran. Or something like that. Trans, no, no, no. Trans Radical 
activist network. That's the right thing. Breitbart reported that a Twitter profile by the name of Trans Radical Activist Network wrote on Monday that anti-trans hate has consequences in relation to the killing of six people at that time at a Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee. The man, it was actually a woman, but the man who killed six people, including three children in Nashville, felt he had no other effective way to be seen than to lash out by taking the life of others, is what Tran said. The statement alleged that right-wing figures promote anti-trans hate by calling for nothing less than the genocidal eradication of trans people from society. And that's a mistake on Michael Knowles, if you know who he is, came under fire for saying that transgender ideology, the ideology of it, needs to be eradicated and be completely removed from our cultural context. Not the genocidal eradication of the people, but the ideology that is corrupting people. So what did this group then, TRAN, what did it offer as their reasoning? Power. The woman felt she had no other effective way to be seen, they said, than to lash out by taking the life of others. This was their first response. A day or the day of the shooting. Power. Interestingly enough, Tran used 51 words to describe that the martyrdom of the children and the staff at the Christian school was a tragedy. 51 words to acknowledge the tragedy, and they did acknowledge it. But they said there was a second tragedy. The shooter. And they used 300 words to explain that this transgender shooter was the victim of, well, to put it in plain terms, she was the victim of people who do not affirm the LGBTQ ideology. People who have operated appropriately according to the authority of their various vocations. People who have passed legislation in Tennessee to outlaw transgender uh, surgeries on, for minors and things like this. And people who have spoken out to encourage that and to bring that about. Public commentators and things like this. That they resist the horrors of transgenderism and are, and are actively working to protect people from it. That made this transgender woman a victim. So why so much ink to justify the shooter's evil action? Power. As Reverend Kleinick says, if you operate with power, then you have a constant battle with the other power people. That leads you to manipulation by the great power monger, Satan. Manipulation of the truth is a power play. We'll continue this conversation in just a moment when we get back from this break. You're listening to Cross Defense. Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Phil Boo, host of Thy Strong Word. Each weekday morning at 11 a.m., join me and a guest pastor as we explore God's Word, which strengthens our faith and guides our lives. You can listen over the air 
online at kfuo.org or through your favorite podcasting app. Just search for Thy Strong Word, only from KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Consider these two horrendous paragraphs from within the body of this 300-word explanation for why the shooter is a victim, is a tragedy, to use their language. Quote, it is a testament to the inner strength and beauty of transgender people that despite the overwhelming odds of homelessness, job discrimination, and constant anti-trans bigotry and violence, so many of us continue to persevere, survive, and even thrive. We will not be eradicated or erased. We remind the news media to respect the self-identified pronouns of transgender individuals who come across your desk. The shooter, they name, self-identified with he, him pronouns on forward-facing sites. We also urge you to avoid pandering to those individuals on the right who will use this double tragedy to torment fear and terror of transgender people in order to advance a political agenda of transgender elimination. Biased and sensationalized coverage of these viewpoints is both irresponsible and reprehensible. At the time of the recording of this episode, the Trans Radical Activist Network was actively working with Antifa to host a Trans Day of Vengeance in D.C. for today, April 1st. What do you think? Would that be extending from a place of authority or calling for the seizure of power? I don't know. Just just from the word vengeance, what do you think? What do you think those paragraphs are all about? Authority or manipulation? Political power play. Who does vengeance belong to? Back to the first question. Well, it belongs to God, right? Romans 12, 14, and 21. Turn there with me. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil. That's vengeance. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Paul quotes Deuteronomy 32.35, Vengeance is mine and recompense. For the time when their calamity is at hand and their doom comes swiftly. Verse 36 continues, For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion 
on his servants when he sees that their power is gone and there is none remaining bond or free. This, this is why you can expect to see the LGBTQ and all the woke mobs, Antifa, BLM, you name it, seeking things like vengeance, reparations, comeuppance. They call it justice. No. Because they're operating according to power. The world operates by power. They can't get rid of Jesus. And so they contrive a kangaroo court. They manipulate the powers that be, the authorities. And what do they do? They kill him. They get rid of their brother. Joseph, thrown into a pit by his brothers. He's the favorite. He has this dream. He says some things that upset them. Well, we don't like this. What do they do? Power play, power play, power play. And this is also why you'll never see a Christian, any Christian organization, hosting a day of vengeance. That day's coming. That's the Lord's day. It's his day, not our day of vengeance. That's what he gets to do. See, we have lost all power in earthly terms in this country we Christians have, haven't we? We sometimes get con- get uh, accused of, of punching down. That was recently told to me uh, as they were, I was being criticized for some of my language. You're punching down when you're talking about the LGBTQ. I'm sorry. I haven't seen a Christian flag flying at a, a, a national embassy anywhere in the globe. I haven't, I haven't seen a Christian flag being hoisted next to the American flag anywhere. I haven't seen all of the entertainment industry and all corporations bending the knee to promote Christ But every single day I see the LGBTQ being paraded around by all these corporations and institutions backed by the media, backed by the state, punching down. No way. The church has lost its power in this country, and we can come to terms with that. That's okay. We are not power people. Power belongs to Satan. He is the prince of the power of the air. He is the power monger, as Kleinig calls him. And his tail is whipping about over this place and that place, attacking society and breaking down all that was influenced by the Christian culture. He's tearing it down. But we're not uniting with Antifa's riotous mobs to get power back. That's not who we are. That would be to operate on Satan's terms. No, we operate according to the Savior's terms. Even though we are now being martyred in our schools, Christian schools, we're working through proper avenues of vocational authority. The difference is between power and authority. Killing school children because you felt you weren't being seen is satanic. It is an operation of power. Bending the knee to Christ and trusting that vengeance is his and forgiving the killer and forgiving the people that encourage the killing. We do that with authority. That's the authority we've been given. And that's the authority we will exercise with strength and might and boldness.
why, why, why do people need to be seen? Why do we need to affirm people? Why would that be a part of the statement that she's a tragedy, this shooter's a tragedy because she wasn't being seen and she felt she had to lash out? See, this alone, dear saint, is definitely not a Christian concept. Not at all. Think about it for a second. Divorce it from the whole transgender issue and all the, the talk about the rainbow flag and pride things and all that. Just divorce it from that. And we have people trying to validate their existence, and they're upset when others aren't doing that. What's going on here? What does Jesus teach us about being Christian? Matthew 10, 39, flip there. Whoever finds his life will lose it. You want to be affirmed in your existence? Are you sure? If you're going to find your life in that, you're losing it somewhere else. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life, for my sake, Christ says, will find it. The very idea of affirming Johnny as Jill is contradictory to being a Christian. It's actually a satanic perversion of finding our true identity not in ourselves at all, but in Christ. Like John the Baptizer. The Christian is all about decreasing, shrinking back, that Jesus would increase. John 3.30. All this identity politics stuff that's taken hold of our society, it, it's taken hold precisely because Christianity has been ousted from the public square. That's why. Absolutely why. And now we've reverted back to power plays, barbaric, ancient, pagan power plays, satanic power plays. I've re already mentioned Romulus and Remus, how Cain killed Abel. That's what's driving all of this. Think about feminism, power or authority. Well, it's power, right? Rise up, ladies. Change, you know, shrink that, that pay gap. Get out there and, and, and have a career. Why do you have to be subjugated to the kitchen? All these, it's power plays, it's manipulation. It's rhetorical manipulation. How about along with that, of course, the abortion battle. Authority or power? What are we talking about with abortion? Well, my body, my choice kind of gives it away, doesn't it? That's power language. Same for racism and all the hostility that's been brought back into our cities with it. These college-educated activists, and by that I mean they're going to college to be educated in the ways of activism, have made everything into power plays and manipulation in our society. Everything. That's why we now have the term identity politics. It's all become a power play. The push for reparations... It's all about power over and against authority. I don't have authority to give somebody's money to someone else, tax dollar money, giving it to a certain race of people because it's something that happened hundreds of years ago. You don't have authority to do that. You do that, it's a power play. What about the climate crisis? What's it all about, if not power? See, God is the authority who controls the climate, isn't he? Jesus stills the winds and he walks on water to prove that he is the very author of creation. 
people see that and they say, what sort of man is this? That even the winds and the sea obey him. He's a man with authority. He speaks with authority. We say that. We see it in scripture. His teaching has so much authority. It's a manipulative power play to stoke panic into people's hearts for political purposes and then implement authoritarian decrees over their lives because they think the sky is falling, or in this case, the, the uh, seas are rising and the climate's getting hotter and the world's about to explode or something. That's power play. It's a clever deception, a political manipulation. The LGBTQ agenda, it's all about power taking power from God, actually. I want to love whoever I wish, meaning I want to be able to have a husband-wife love, an eros love, toward others of the same sex. Well, guess what, guy? We're not given authority to have eros love with whomever we want, even of the opposite sex, ever. No one gets that authority. Marital love is reserved for marriage. So even the two straight adults who have a one-night stand after a night of debauchery and drinking. They're at the bar. They shack up together. They go home together. Even that, which has been well welcomed into our culture for decades now, is, an, is a power play. It is satanic. Those people, all people, are not given the authority to love each other sexually just because they're attracted to one another sexually. And this goes for everything. There is a time and a place. There is a proper authority that's given, vocational authority. I don't have the authority as a pastor to speak my opinion from the pulpit. That's just not the reality of it. If I do, I have shifted from authority to power. As a pastor, I'm given the authority to say what God says. Nothing more, nothing less. Emphasis on the nothing less part. Nothing less than what God says, because pastors today, we don't seem to be doing what we should be doing, speaking God's word, even when it's unpopular and will get us reprimanded by our people or the community. We're speaking less than what God would say. We're not giving the world the full counsel of God's wisdom. We're not speaking it according to our vocational authority as people are depending on us to do. So nothing more, but nothing less as well. There is a spirit of muteness, if you want to call it that, a, a spirit of the, the dumb spirit, if you want to call it that, is influencing pastors today. The church has been given the office of the keys, and pastors exercise that office, don't they? How? By forgiving the repentant sinner and withholding forgiveness from openly unrepentant sinners. Are we doing that? That's the authority we've been given. Not power. That's not power. To withhold forgiveness, that's not power. It seems like it. It seems like the no is always a power play, but that's not the definition here. No can be according to the authority, the authority you've been given if the no is within proper bounds of your vocation. Withholding forgiveness. As a pastor says to the unrepentant homosexual, you cannot take communion until you repent of this sin or fill in the blank. It can be any sin. Power is not is actually not forgiving when we should be forgiving and forgiving when we shouldn't be forgiving. <laughs> That's the power play. It's manipulation. It's lies. It's murderous. 
as Satan operates, twisting words to justify inaction or wrong action. That's power. The trans person who has a top surgery hasn't been given the authority to cut off the healthy organs God gave her. She's operating on Satan's terms, according to power. And the power she's attempting to wield is God's power. He gave her her body that she has. Psalm 139, 13 to 14. For you formed me in my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. We don't have the authority to do with our bodies whatever we'd like, just like we don't have the authority to do whatever we'd like with someone else's body. My body, my choice, false. False. Your body belongs to God. He has exercised his authority and authorized you to care for it, but it's still his creation, not yours. You can't mutilate your body just as you can't kill your body. Those are power plays, and you don't have the authorization, the authority. Understanding that God is the author of life and therefore exercises his authority by authorizing others, us, to act as his co-workers and fellow heirs, and that power is Satan's way because he can't author anything. The guy can't even form a word. He has to use and manipulate other words, God's word. That helps us understand what's going on in this world, why it's so upside down and backwards, why we live in this bizarro world. And we have ever since the Garden of Eden when, when Satan tempted Eve to seize power that was not hers. Isaiah 5, 20 to 21, woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. Power. Authority. Christ operates according to authority. You, Christian, operate according to authority in your vocation. Satan, he is the prince of the power of the air. He operates according to power. He takes it. When we start taking it through lies and manipulation, abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, these things, we are operating according to Satan's terms. And we definitely don't want to do that. Dear Saints, we're out of time. I thank you. I thank you for tuning in. I thank you for being people under authority and listening. May you have a blessed week. May you be comforted in Christ on the cross for you by the authority he was given. Go. Tell others you have been saved by Christ. We'll talk to you next week. Cross Defense is a production of KFUO Radio. Find past episodes and support Cross Defense at KFUO.org.